Good afternoon and welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show is created with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Vedic astrology, or Jyotish, which in Sanskrit means light or from heavenly body, is the Hindu system of astrology. Stemming from about 5000 BC, it is considered to be the oldest system of astrology known to humankind. The history of Hindu astrology has its roots in the Vedas, which are among the oldest scriptures in the world. There are six branches of ancient Hindu astrology, that of Gola, positional astronomy, Ganita, mathematical calculations to find Gola, Chataka, natal astrology, Prasna, answering questions based on the time it is asked, Mahurta, auspicious time to start anything, and Nimita, omens and warnings. Unlike Western astrology, which was under constant scrutiny by many religions, Vedic astrology did not suffer a fractured history. Instead, the strong belief and continuity of learning allowed Vedic astrology to be an unbroken oral tradition for thousands of years. Not to mention, the originators of Vedic astrology, the Rishis, were considered to be God-inspired with profound knowledge. Thus, their teachings were literally an essential part of the Hindu religion and therefore passed from generation to generation unaltered. There were said to be 18 major rishis or ancient masters of Vedic astrology. Some of the first ancient sages included rishis like Garga, Jaimini, and the infamous Parashara. Rishi Parashara wrote the astrology text called Brit Parashara Horasastra. It is the only surviving text which outlines the entire system of Vedic astrology and is considered the most appropriate text to start learning. Hence why the most common school of astrology in India is called Parashara School of Astrology. And despite the backlash from many calling Vedic astrology as pseudoscience, it continues to be an integral part of school curriculum and is also still an advanced science degree offered at many universities. The basic principle behind Vedic astrology is that all things are connected. Your fortune or karma is determined by a predestined cosmic design. You are a soul incarnating in a body at a very specific place and time, all to be perfectly congenial for you. Rahu and Ketu are quite influential in Vedic astrology astrology, and form a karmic axis in the Vedic astrology chart, which indicates the types of karmas coming into this life to be experienced for each person. They also highlight areas of life one will want to focus on. They are not actual planets or of physical substance, but rather areas of energy and are described as more of shadow planets with Rahu at the north and Ketu at the south node of the moon, always 180 degrees apart. According to Indian mythology, it is said that Lord Vishnu made the deities or the seven planets immortal by churning up the sea in order to make the sacred immortal nectar called Amrita All of the planets lined up to receive this nectar potion from Vishnu, including a dragon-like demon called Rakshasa. He sneaked in and disguised himself in order to become immortal. After Vishnu realized he had been fooled into giving the demon the nectar, he split Rakshasa in half with his sword. The head of the dragon became known as Rahu and the tail Ketu. These two nodes saw how angry they made Vishnu and pledged penance to him. In return, they were given planetary status. Western astrology has correlated the position of certain planets as well as specific planetary conjunctions to the state of affairs right now in our world. Vedic astrology has also done the same. Of course, Rahu and Ketu explain a lot of what is going on right now with the pandemic. Their positions are highlighting the karma we are having to deal with as a country and a collective, as well as areas we need to pay more attention to. And to understand the karmas, to also understand the chart of our nation. The United States was officially born at the signing of the Declaration of Independence on July 4, 1776 at 6.30 p.m. in Philadelphia, which in Vedic astrology puts the U.S. chart in what is called the Rahu Rahu Dasha. Thus, it is believed that the collective consciousness of the U.S. 
was profoundly influenced by Rahu. Rahu and Vedic astrology is considered by many to be a rebel or outsider, just as the early founders were, and represents what is hidden, such as government conspiracies. Rahu also tends to rule mass media, and its ultimate intent is to grow and transform. K2, on the other hand, can represent irrational fears and thereby promote the exploration of the subconscious mind, which can lead to major transformation. On September 28, 2015, the U.S. cycled back again to Rahu Rahu Dasha, the third one since the birth of the nation. This 18-year cycle is said to shake things up, break traditions, and be an emotional roller coaster ride with massive change. Also, remember that solar eclipse in 2017? Well, according to Vedic astrologers, that was said to impact the U.S. for three years into the third quarter of 2020 and would both literally and metaphorically split America in two. And so here we are, experiencing the karma of our nation while living out our own. Today on Love from the Hip, I have the absolute pleasure of having Vedic astrologer Ramdas Bill Sinclair on my show. Ramdas Bill will share his wisdom on Vedic astrology, how it differs from Western astrology, what is on the horizon for us all, and what Trump's chart has to say. So stick around, you won't want to miss it. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more, sakuraskinandmind.com. U-R-A-SkinAndMind.com. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Ram Dass Bill Sinclair on my show. Hey, Ram Dass Bill, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And you, you gave a wonderful introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much. A lot of that terminology, that lingo must be second nature to you. <laughs> it has become that way. But wow, you really uh, did a lot of research yes, on a complicated I, sen- uh, system. Very nice. Thank you very much. So where are you joining us from today? I'm, I'm in Edmonds, Washington. Uh, local. Awesome. Yep. So how long have you been a Vedic astrologer? I began studying Vedic astrology in 2001. Um, Yeah, late 2001, right after 9-11. I was living in New York at the time and realized I needed to find a better outlook on the world. Yeah. And it opened up. So I have been studying ever since. And why did you choose Vedic astrology over Western astrology? You know, I think um, I... A Vedic astrology teachers presented themselves to me. I think it was. It was never a choice between the two. It's just I started to, I had a, a very interesting reading with a Vedic astrologer. And he said, oh, you can, you have the signature to be a Vedic astrologer in your chart, which at that time I didn't know anything about. Huh. So it's just kind of kept going and going. You went down the rabbit hole. (laughs) If you're meant to be, once you touch this lineage, you will never let it go. Yeah. It will continue and continue. Yeah. And was that the first astrology reading you had ever had? Was a Vedic astrology reading? Yes, it was the first reading I'd (laughs) ever had. I went, at that time I was an opera singer. And so I went to go find out when I was become super famous. Uh And he he told me, you're never going to become super famous. No. And I thought he was crazy. But then later on, <laughs> when the dashas changed, I understood what it meant. Now, didn't he say there was a big career change for you? Yeah. So what he explained to me, and there's a system in, we use dashas here. And so certain planets rule your chart at cer- for certain time periods. And so at that time, I was also in the planetary cycle of Rahu. And he said, whatever happens in Rahu, when you go to Jupiter, everything will change. Hmm. So he said, you're wanting to do Rahu because it's an uh, echo of your last life. And so when you go to Jupiter, you'll give up on singing. And I thought, he's crazy. My whole life has been dedicated to this. Right. But sure enough, when the Dasa changed, I lost interest in auditioning. 
And it was very helpful because often when we have these big life changes, we can look at it as like being a failed singer. Right. But I was able to remember that I was just a finished singer. I had done what I was supposed to do. And now there was a new karmic lesson opening up for me. Mm, I like that. That's great. So then did you go on to study uh, Vedic astrology in India? I have studied in India several times. Um, not at, um, I go for a month with my teacher who is Indian. Um, I began studying in New York City with Ronnie Dreyer and um, she had studied in India. So there's this beginning of Americans that in the 70s and 80s were introduced to the Indian masters and the knowledge started coming out mm. of India. So I, I've studied with Indian teachers and I mean, if you're an astrologer, you're always a student because there's so much to learn. Yeah, I So imagine. I just continue to study. But my major teacher is Kamila Sutton and she's from India. Okay, yeah. that's great. Mm -hmm. So can I ask you, what are the main differences between Vedic astrology and Western astrology? Well, I would say the first thing is that um, we calculate the, the placement of the planets differently. In the West, um, it's based on the Earth's relationship to the sun. And in uh, the Vedic system, we calculate it of the planet against the fixed stars of the cosmos. So against the constellations that make up each sign. So if you know your Western chart, everything moves back about 24 degrees. And that's how we get your Vedic chart. Okay. So we, it's a, a little bit of a difference um, with that. Now, which think, one, which one is more prophetic or more accurate, you think, in predicting the future? Um, I would say both systems work very well. You know, a well-trained astrologer, my colleagues that do Western astrology, they're coming out like if you read now, they're they're explaining the events that are happening very convincingly, you know. Yeah. But in, in the Vedic system, we do have this system called dashas. And this is where certain planets are active at certain times. And we have five layers of it. So this really helps us to do timing. Um, and it comes out quite accurately. We combine these, this Dasha system with the birth chart and the current transits where the planets are in the sky. So we kind of have that uh, tool that is not part of the Western canon of information. Okay. Yeah. And then along with the Dashas, you also have the yogas, right? And what are those? Yes. So yogas are specific planetary combinations. So certain planets in angles to each other's or things like that. And there's a very famous book uh, B.V. Raman wrote that's 300 combinations. And that just starts, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's all these yogas that, you know, because we have such a long continuous lineage of observing the skies, they can look and say like, well, people who are born at a time where the moon is um, in um, an angle with the Jupiter tend to become leaders and mm. things like that. So there's these separate like signatures in the chart that we can identify and help us to understand right. the and, life. And I like how you shared that because I mean, it is fascinating. It, it's pretty much unbroken. Yes. Yeah. The learning. It's still used every day today in India, all over the place. Right. Yeah. And what are some ways that Vedic astrology is used? Well, I mean, in India, first of all, they don't start anything without consulting the family um, Jyotishi or the family astrologer. So marriages are always timed. If you're going to buy or sell a property, if you're going to start a business, those are all very important things. Of course, when a child is born, the chart is drawn up to see if there's some remedies that need to be done to help the child. Um, and I mean, you know, they use it for all kinds of things. Almost anything can be timed. You could, um, I knew an astrologer once that he would, he's in India and he was offered a job to work for Indira Gandhi, the great leader, one of the leaders of India. She had a whole fleet of astrologers that were timing things every day of her life. Oh, I wow. mean, you kind of go a little overboard with it. Yeah. But if, you're, if you have the power, I guess you could do it. Well, what would be the purpose of that? Just to know? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, her, your karma is still going to act yeah. out. But, you know, some people do that. You know, I wouldn't do it. You can drive yourself crazy when you do this, as other astrologers can attest. You know, right. sometimes you got to let it just happen. Yeah, so, go with the flow. Well, exactly. awesome. Well, I'm going to touch back into it, but uh, we're going to take a quick break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. 
Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. The veil is the line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go beyond the veil. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Today, I have the pleasure of having Vedic astrologer Ramdas Bill Sinclair on my show. So Ramdas Bill, we were briefly touching on karma um, and how that's a big part of the Vedic astrology chart. What does karma mean to you? Karma is one of the found, it's the foundation of the philosophy we use to interpret um, the Vedic chart. And basically, in the Varaha Purana, they say, we must taste the fruit of every action in our life. And I love that because it makes it very personal. Mm. And so, in other words, for every action we take, there is um, a result, and so we must experience the result of everything that we have set in, in motion through our actions. So this is integral to the key that we use in Vedic astrology, which is reincarnation. Because in one lifetime, you don't get to um, experience everything that happened in your lifetime, the results of it. Yeah. So sometimes it carries over from lifetime to lifetime. So your Vedic chart shows at the moment of your birth the mathematical balance with the universe, which is why we are born at a specific time, of the experiences that are set up to happen in this life. So the results that are going to come in out of all the, the there's a big bank account of all your former <laughs> actions right. and the subset of them will be experienced in this lifetime. And then the Dasha system helps us to say when you're going to experience it. Huh. And then at the same time, we're living our life. So we're doing karma, the word in Sanskrit means action. So we're continuing to do actions. And so we're continuing to accrue more and more karma. Right. And so we eventually take accountability and responsibility for our own lives. Exactly. And so <laughs> this is a great idea. When something happens out of the blue to you in this lifetime, part of the Vedic philosophy is, you can say, this is something that I was owed from a prior lifetime, whether it's you win the lottery or you fall and break your leg. 
you can say like, oh, okay, so this is balancing something. Right. And that's the key to managing your karma is to accept with equal mood, both the great things and the bad things. Okay. And then you lead a more peaceful life and you reduce negative karmas in the world. Hmm. So, so you have less bad debts to pay off in the future. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And so how did that knowledge change the way you were living your life? Oh, well, <laughs> in that first reading I had with a Vedic astrologer, he said to me, you have a configuration in your chart that I've had two other clients that have. Both of them were killed in the street because of something they said. Hmm. So I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. So it taught me not to mouth off to people, to always be very conscious of you know, what you're doing, because we don't know what landmines may be in someone else. Right. So not to say that you should be abused or anything like that. But you know what? Often when you see people doing something that's wrong, just say a prayer for them and hope that they get the enlightenment. And if it's not harming yourself or anyone, like, let it go. That's good information for right now, especially. Yeah, especially <laughs> for all the, quote, Karens out there. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, it's like, just breathe and just right, go. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you had brought up, you had the same um, sort of conjunction, you, the astrologer said, as two other people. So yes. do we all, though, have our own unique chart? Yeah, actually we do. Because your birth chart is based um, on the day that, date and time you were born and the place you were born. And then the the thing is, is that the planets are constantly moving. So we take a snapshot at your time of birth and that gives us your foundational chart. Hmm. But a couple minutes later, the planets have already started to move. So, so, wow. so different things are being activated by transit. So there's a famous thing that people, when we teach um, beginners classes is, you, let's say that you were born at the same, like you're in the room next to Bill Gates at the same time you were both born. Then there's a difference depending on the family you're born into. Mm -hmm. So like he was born into a more prominent family. Both charts would probably have a big rise in life, but it depends on the circumstances that you were born into. So they also impact the chart. Okay. So we're all very unique. And yeah. twins then too will be totally different. Yes. Yes, because we also use a system that's different from the West of subdivisional charts. So we can take your birth chart and break it down into 16 smaller charts that show specific areas. So this is how we refine even further things like that. So while things will look the same in two birth charts, when you start splitting the signs, they things start to move around. Okay. So, yeah. Now, can we ever change our chart? Well, what's what's fixed is fixed. What we have done has already happened. But what we can change is how we handle the events that are arising in our life every day. And through changing that, we can change our experience of the chart. Also, knowing what planets are strong and weak in your chart, we can take actions that support those planets that are strong and help to calm those planets that are weak so that um, we, by being proactive, we're prepared more when the karma arises. Okay. Now, yeah. are these actions called remedies in Vedic astrology? Yes. Okay. And yeah, and so we do remedies for the chart. Yeah. And what are some examples of those? Because that's also something very unique to Vedic astrology. Western astrology doesn't yeah. do that. Yeah, that is true. Well, there's a, every remedy is unique for different people. So in a chart, basically, there's five great remedies we use with people, and they're tied in from yoga, because yoga is a sister science of astrology. They work hand in hand. So we often, you can work with someone to make sure they have like proper exercise, good breathing, take time for relaxation, diet, positive thinking and meditation. Mm -hmm. You can also each day of the week is a plant ruled by a planet. So you can wear the color for the day of the week if the planet it needs help. Mm. Um, so little things in life like that, you can also wear. Um, you can also say mantras if people are comfortable doing mantra work. 
that's very powerful that can help change. It helps to harmonize your energy with the energy of the planet. And then Jyotish is very famous for birthstones because there's gemstones related to each planet. And so you get a, a pure stone and you get it activated. And so people can wear stones. Okay. Now, were you, yeah. were you ever a skeptic of this? No, I'm never. I, I think it can work very, very well. I think it's something that we have to all be careful of. I have found careful of in the fact that it's, it's a solid remedy, but the more effective remedies I've found in my own life and working with my clients have to do with the actions we take. Mm. So it's, it's, you know, where you can't just put on like, you know, a pearl and your moon's going to be totally fine. You still <laughs> Darn have it. To have, I know that's what I was hoping. <laughs> but then, you know, it's like, and a lot of it is giving, is like giving charity, giving donation is a wonderful, wonderful remedy. Mm-hmm. It's about exchanging that energy and giving to others. All the stuff we know makes our life better. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and like you said, it's working through the karma. It's it's an it opportunity, is. right? It is. So you can pay off that karma. And then when if it's paid off before it comes due, it's like paying off your car note early. Then, <laughs> you know, you won't have it. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. Right. So along with being tied into yoga, is Vedic astrology also tied into Ayurvedic medicine? And and with that, are you able to see in someone's chart the appropriate diet or herbs? Yes. So uh, Ayurveda is another of the sister sciences uh, for Jyotish. And all um, Ayurvedic practitioners have usually some training in Jyotish. They will use your chart to get an accurate picture of your doshas that you're working on. I have minimal training in Ayurveda, so I can look at it and each of the planets has one of the doshas. They're either vata, pitta, kapha. So you can look at a tendency in the planet. So we often work together with Ayurvedic practitioners um, to help, you know, especially if there's a severe case. Right. But they're like their own specialty, but they're cross-trained um, in Jyotish, uh, just like we have a little cross-training in Ayurveda. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and like you said, it's all connected. We can't just wear a pearl and expect everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we might have to change our I mean, diet, too. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, this is what's wonderful about the Vedic philosophy, because yoga, Ayurveda, Jyotish all work together. Yeah. It's the same images. It's the same concepts and things like that. So it's really a beautiful, beautiful system. Yeah, it's a brilliant system. <laughs> yeah. And so ancient. Well, thanks for that. Well, with that, we're going to take another break. But everyone stick around for the Weekly Skinny and more Love from the Hip. On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to discuss the planets and their effect on the skin. Remember that major solar eclipse in August of 2017? Well, according to Lucia Peters, in an article she published in Bustle, she and many others all over social media claimed that it caused them to have more acne or breakouts. So much so, they coined it Eclipse Acne. Now, whether or not the eclipse caused their acne, who knows? But according to Vedic astrology, there is a big belief that planets affect different parts of the body. And the skin is strongly affected by Mercury and Saturn. Vedic astrology says that a strong Mercury in a chart represents vibrant skin, while an afflicted one represents disease. Mercury is said to be affected by the Sun, Saturn, Mars, and Rahu. Rahu is referred to as a shadowy planet but isn't a planet at all. It is the north node of the moon and its impact is said to be deep and powerful. In Vedic astrology, the position of planets in houses and signs will also determine which part of the body and its skin will be affected. The first house, for example, represents the skin of the face. There is a long list of planetary relations to the skin and what they bring. An ill-placed Mars, for example, is believed to bring boils and rashes. An afflicted Venus can bring about dull skin. Eczema has been linked to Rahu. The Rahu-Mercury combination can cause eczema to arise, and if it arises in the third house, the arms may be affected. Acne may be due to the influence of a strong Sun and Mars over Ascendant and Mercury. Psoriasis may be related to the relation of Mercury in the Rahu-Ketu axis. Ketu is the south descending node of the Moon, also called the tail of the dragon. 
There are also planetary combinations that can account for leucoderma, chickenpox, baldness, and more. Vedic astrologers believe that skin remedies differ based on the ascendant and zodiac sign. However, they encourage wearing an emerald or panna gemstone. The emerald is considered to be the natural gemstone for Mercury, so by wearing it, one can help boost up traits of that planet and in turn have more glowing skin. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you're just joining me, today I have the pleasure of having Vedic astrologer Ramdas Bill Sinclair on my show. So, Bill, I was hoping you could touch on omens and how omens are a big part of Vedic astrology. Um, sure. This is um, in this is the branch of Vedic astrology called Nimitta. And what it does is it reminds it it takes astrology like off the printed chart or even out of the sky and into our daily life that we live. So one of the first nimittas I was taught was that when you're in a reading, if a bell rings, it's the sign of Jupiter, which confirms what you're saying. So, for instance, I'll be in a reading and my phone will ring or a siren will go by or something. And it's just once you learn to recognize these things, you recognize it's a synchronicity with the universe. Mm. Um, conversely, when I was moving out of um, New York City, I was on everything's packed gone. I was on my way to the airport in a cab and a hearse drove up right next to us and cut in front of us and slowed down the cab that we were in. In 20 years, I had never seen a hearse in Manhattan ever. Oh, no. And it confirmed for me that my time in New York would, had come to completion. Huh. And so I was ready to move into the next phase. Wow. So it's a very interesting thing to do because birds chirping. If you see a crow, that's Saturn. So there's lots of stuff that really kind of enriches your practice and understanding of the world. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's fascinating. So yeah. why would you recommend someone get a Vedic reading in the first place? Well, I... I find what I love to work with people on is when they're in a life transition. This is where all the Vedic tools really shine and are very, very good. So like they come to me like they're not sure about their job. Um, should they change jobs? Should they stay? Should they sell their house, buy their house? It, a lot of these very practical things can come up. Mm -hmm. um, I've had some people come to me with health issues. And so what we can do is look at the energy and what I give is the, um, the influences that are happening now and how they're going to change. It's also great to do it at your birthday because you get like a personal reading of what's going to be coming up in your chart for the next year. Mm. So it helps people to give in advance. Like I knew July was going to be a really tough time for me this year. So then when it rises up, you just know, okay, this is what's happening. And I know when it will end. Mm. That's the value of Vedic astrology. We can get through anything if we have an end date. Right, right. Yeah, Which makes yeah. me wish that I had gotten a reading when I was very ill. Um, but you were able to do a quick little reading on that for me. And um, I have to say, having had, I've never had a Vedic astrology reading, but having had Western astrology, they do quite line up. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And you had said some interesting things to me about um, just when the time of the illness and what was happening with Saturn, I believe, passing over my natal Rahu. And it's, Saturn was right on your moon. Okay. And, yes. And so what is the significance of that again? Well, so this is kind of like one of those famous yogas, we said. When Saturn only, it takes 29 to 30 years to go through your chart. So when Saturn is crossing the moon, it's a seven and a half year period of maturation and change. And so we all go through this. It's called the Sati Sati. In India, huh. some of the, my colleagues will scare the hell out of you when they, they <laughs> say, Sati Saturn's coming on your moon. Oh, no. And you panic. But what it is, is it's a time where the karma, the karma you've accumulated for 30 years related to the moon 
is has a chance to be cleansed. But, you know, it's like when you do a fast to cleanse yourself, it's not necessarily pleasant. Right. And the whole seven and a half years are certainly not bad. But it starts when the Saturn comes into the, we have a solar sign and lunar sign. That's also something different. We have a lunar zodiac. When it comes into um, the lunar sign related to your mind, the whole process starts. Right when Saturn is over your moon is when you're going to have the most acute changes. And so in your chart, very interestingly, your diagnosis came on the day that Saturn was on your moon. So Mm -hmm. it's only about two or three days that this happens. And what this signaled to me was this was a major karmic evolution. You, through this, you know, illness and your recovery, you shed, you know, lifetimes worth of accrued karma, Hmm. you know. Yeah, I definitely was cashing that in. (laughs) <laughs> right. And so, you know, it's never pleasant. I never downplay it. It's yeah. it's not to minimize it. But the good news is, is that you went into remission right as your Dasha period ended. This all happened within one Dasha period. So that signaled to me very clearly that that's what that Dasha was about. It started at a very synchronous time. Actually, I think the disease started forming earlier. Right. That's you what know, I said. It manifested and then you finished it. And mm-hmm. this is the thing. We all go through difficult times, but if someone, often people don't stop to tell us, look, you finished it. Now, you may have learned to manage conditions. And so you'll have to continue to manage, perhaps. Right. But we wouldn't expect new things to continue to arise related to that because mm-hmm. now things have changed. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting, too, that you mentioned uh, mercury and how mercury rules the skin. And that's how the illness actually manifested was on my skin. So that see, was- And that's just amazing to me. But yet you're a master esthetician. So right. there's something in your whole life that was preparing you for this. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, it's it's interesting, and I love this is why I love to work with people because it takes time to dig these things out, you know, and like let, give them time to come to to the deeper understanding of what we've been through. Right. Yeah. Right. And lastly, yeah. I loved how you mentioned just what my new mission is and the sun yeah. being in a position in my chart. And I was hoping you could share about the significance of the sun. Well, the sun is um, always, it's our vitality, it's our energy. It's also what I found very interesting in your chart is that it kind of combines uh, the radio show, like you're educating, you're shining the light on all of these very interesting issues for people. It's public. Mm-hmm. You know, no, everyone knows where the sun is in the sky. You don't have trouble finding it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's a very bright point. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that was really, really neat. <laughs> so so why would you would you recommend one over the other as far as Western astrology and Vedic, or would you just recommend doing both? Well, I would of course recommend Vedic <laughs> astrology. Right. But I mean, no, I mean, I think whatever people should feel drawn to. I also think it's almost more about the astrologer you're working with. It's kind of like a psychotherapy relationship. It's right. Whatever they do, because if any astrologer sits with an open heart and an earnest intent to come to the highest answers, I believe they will be able to do that, Mm. no matter what the system is. So you have to have someone you feel comfortable with. And it's a very specific fit, I think. Right. You know, and but I think our culture doesn't understand the value of if you work with someone and I'm not saying weekly, but like every year, every six months, if you have a relationship with an astrologer, the work can get deeper and deeper rather than, you know, just a one-off, you know, reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like especially if other... you feel good in that reading, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. Yeah. You deepen. Mm-hmm. So can I ask, what did you foresee for COVID-19? So this has been the question of the year. Uh And I have to admit, if you go on my YouTube channel, you see my overview for this year. It was Little Mary Sunshine because (laughs) there's so many planets that are super strong this year. We have we're coming up to a time in June or um, where is it? Yeah. In 
September 13th through 14th of this year, six of the seven planets are in their own sign. So this is what I was concentrating on, how great this was going to be. Now, what I missed was <laughs> um, how the power of the nodes, because Rahu and Ketu are in, Rahu is in Gemini and Ketu is in Sagittarius. And they're not only in the same, there's solar signs where they're very strong. The lunar signs that they sit in are also ruled by Rahu and Ketu. So it's a double Rahu, double Ketu hit. Their job is to evolve our society. That's what they do. And Ketu does it by taking away stuff that's done. And Rahu does it by bringing innovation and, and you know, things like that. Pushes us forward. Ketu and Rahu are both connected with viruses. So what happened is, so there they're doing their work and suddenly Jupiter, the planet of expansion, comes into Sagittarius, the sign he owns. And when he hit, um, when he was conjunct K2 on like January 21st is when this virus really started to go global. So he expanded it and sent it everywhere. So I study um, the chart of the cluster in China that first arose. People, different astrologers, it's not, I'm not saying that's the, the, uh, the truth. That's, it's just, because it's so new, no one knows for sure how to time this thing. Right. So the good news we have is that in September, <laughs> on September 23rd of this year, um, Rahu and Ketu are going to move out of those two signs. So they're, they move backwards. So Rahu will move into Taurus and Ketu will move into Scorpio, where they are exalted. So they will give their very best energy. Mm. So I think this is going to like be could mark the end of the look what I would call discovery phase of this virus. Okay. And then we will move into a year and a half of recovery. Nice. So I think that's going to be it. The other thing that's going to be happening around COVID is um, the Saturn Jupiter conjunction. And they're going to be conjunct on the 21st of December of this year. And this is a major theme. It only happens every 20 years that they come together. So I think this, and they were right, they were both in Sagittarius at the time the virus emerged. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to also help release things about the virus as okay. well. That's my hope and that's where I'm putting all my energy into. <laughs> that's my hope too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. thanks for sharing that. Well, with that, we're going to take a break, but everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it. 
and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Kara Sutter. And don't forget, this show airs right here on KKNW every Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. Today, I have the pleasure of having Vedic astrologer Ramdas Bill Sinclair on my show. So let's talk about the karma the U.S. is having to work through right now. Great. That's a, it's a very good topic. So like we said earlier, Rahu is coming in to, so by the Dasha period, Rahu is the most prominent planet. Now, when we look at the U.S.'s chart from July 4th, 1776 at 6.30 p.m. Philadelphia, we see that the sign of Sagittarius is rising. And what, and we have, they have four planets in the sign of Gemini. So this is also where Rahu and Ketu are moving by transit. So right now, Ketu has been moving through um, Sagittarius, which is the rising sign for the U.S. chart. So it's been there for about a year and a half. And this is what's going to end in um, the end of uh, September when they move. So this is why the karma that's manifesting in the world has been so potent and focused on the U.S. Mm. It's because these karmic indicators are in our first house and seventh house of the chart, and they're hitting so many things. Okay. So the other thing that's very interesting about U.S. is we always elect our officials on a Tuesday, and that is ruled by the planet Mars. And so this is why, for most of our history, we're a very militaristic country is Mm. because everyone we elect is on the Mars day. And also we elected in the month where the sun is the weakest point. So it's kind of interesting, which is why the U.S., I think, has a history of always wanting to help out or, you know, take control of situations all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, so these are yeah. two very common threads. Okay. And, and so, go ahead. Oh, no. And so is part of our U.S. Com- karma electing Trump? Well, um, Trump has a very interesting chart in that he was born on the day of a lunar eclipse, So this means that Rahu, this planet we keep talking about in his birth chart, is right next to his sun. And they're within like two degrees of each other. (laughs) And so he has a very powerful sun, which is why he has always been in the public eye. Because it's also in his 10th house, which is name, fame, career. So this very strong sun has come in. And so, you know, he's been famous since like the 80s. Right. he was in at the time of his election. Let me double check this because I want to make sure I get this right. <laughs> he was in a Rahu period also at the day oh, when he was elected. And I want to make sure. 29, 17, 16. Yeah, he was elected when he was also in a Rahu period and the country was in a Rahu period. So this means there was... He, his personal chart was vibing with the collective chart of the country. Hmm. So that is one of the major things that got him elected. There's, you know, many other things to say. But on November 16th, right after the election, he went into a Jupiter period. So this is why then he began almost immediately after the election, kind of fell out of sync with, with some parts of the population. So he is now in a Jupiter period, but on the day of the election that's coming up here, uh-huh. he will be running. Let's see. I want to make sure I get this right. Um, so here we are. On the 28th of October, he will have Jupiter, which is running his chart, but he'll be in Saturn Rahu. 
And the U.S. chart on the day of election, on the day before the election, changes into Rahu Saturn. So how I read this is, one, there's going to be tons of confusion around the election. Because the day before the election, the U.S. chart changes Dasha periods. This is going to be some chaos. His chart is vibrating in some sessions to that. What my guess is that on October 28th, something is going to emerge from his campaign. Something like when, you know, the the Hillary Clinton, the FBI reinvestigated Hillary Clinton like right before the election. Right. There's going to be some game changer that emerges after October 28th in like those few days before the election. Hmm. My advice to everyone is if you are unsure about who you're going to support, make a decision before the 28th because Rahu being active is secretive and he doesn't give the whole story. So (laughs) there could be something that's introduced right there around the 28th. Don't make your decision after that. Stick with what you think before. Okay. Because it's going to be chaotic. <laughs> I have not had a chance to look at Joe Biden's chart yet. So <laughs> I, I can't really say for sure what's going to happen. I mean, we can never say for sure when there's this much chaos. Right. But there'll be some kind of big reveal, I think, around the 28th. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Exciting, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- this is why we have to realize this is all of our karma right. as a collective karma. We're getting beautiful, really difficult information about our history. People's eyes are being opened. I, I can see that personally, even as a social worker, like the stuff I'm learning about, I didn't know. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. This is going to empower us to move forward in a positive and healthy way. And would you call you this know? the astrological trauma that we're working through? We are definitely working through astrological trauma. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like because I read this beautiful quote, like it doesn't matter. Like if you buy a house, you bought the house. So if there's pre-existing problems, you still have to fix them. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, the mindset we need to take is that things have happened in our history, but they're coming back. So it's up to us to help be part of the solution. We don't get to opt out. Right. And the U.S. has yeah. some big karma. Huge karma, huge karma, yeah, but but we're also a big nation, and we also have a very strong chart, so we can overcome it. We just need the right will and acceptance, Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Well, how can my listeners book a session with you or learn more about you? Come to my website, BillSinclair.com. And there's, you can book a, there's a link right there to book sessions. It's all automated. It's very lovely. (laughs) Um, Also, I'm on YouTube as Ram Das Bill Sinclair. I'm on Facebook as Vedic Astrology by Bill Sinclair and Twitter also and Instagram. So you can just search me up and I love posting. I love teaching. So I do a lot of videos trying to teach the concepts that are emerging. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being here today. It was very lovely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and thank you to Eric, my talented producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. Really love the show. Don't be shy. Drop me a line at sakuratlovefromthehip.com. And tune in next Wednesday for another Love from the Hip. And don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya.